Hey everyone, and welcome back to Freeality, the podcast where we explore the reality of being a freelancer and how to succeed as one. I'm your host, Shelby Stevens, and a quick thank you to Jolly for supporting this podcast. Freelancers use Jolly to sell their services on the web. Your Jolly page will turn visitors into clients and clients into recurring repeat clients. Learn how Jolly can help you launch and build a stable freelance career at www.jollyhq.com. And now, Freeality. Today we're speaking with Lori DeMilto, a successful freelance medical writer with over 20 years of experience. Lori has seen a pretty massive transition in the way freelance work happens, starting out in the days before many of the tools we use today, like LinkedIn, even existed. I really love her focus on doing the hard work up front to build a network and build a stable business without relying on some of the quick fixes like labor marketplaces, where freelancers often find themselves competing in a kind of race to the bottom. So Lori DeMilto, let's start off by having you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about how you got started as a freelancer. So I've been a full-time freelance medical writer since 1997. And I started freelancing part-time while I was doing communications for Temple University's business school because I knew I wasn't going to be staying there and freelancing was just a way for me to explore what else might be out there. And I really liked it and I was good at it. So when I left Temple, I decided to go freelance full-time. Very cool. And what do you do? Uh, Tell us about the work that you do. Well, I do what what I call marketing medical communications. My background is journalism. So I do um, a lot of like if you would see a hospital website or newsletter or blog, uh, big medical practices. I do a lot of that kind of work, health content, healthcare journalism. I also work for some disease-focused health organizations like the National MS Society. And then I do some work that's a little bit more kind of scientific. So I work for a professional association and I do articles for the folks that run clinical trials. I do some work for a couple of device companies and I do some work for an integrative health organization. And there I get to write both for patients, consumers, and also for healthcare professionals. So it's a real interesting mix, never dull. Very cool. Why medical? How how did you end up, how and why did you end up in that niche? I actually fell into it and it was really, really lucky that I did because it's a high paying niche with lots and lots of work for freelancers. When I was freelancing part time, I just ended up getting some medical writing and also medical editing work. And I liked that. I was good at it. When I went out freelancing full-time, I actually had two separate marketing campaigns, one for business, because that was my expertise from Temple, and then the other was for medical writing. But within about a year and a half, I was entirely doing medical writing because there was just so much of it. Very cool. Very cool. So um, one of the things we think a lot about at Jolly is this idea of combining three things, work that you really love doing clients that you love working with and then of course your ability to to meet or hopefully exceed your income and earnings goals what uh types of services and what approaches have you taken to to try to 
try to combine those three things in your independent career? Well, the, the three things that you're focusing on are the three things that all freelancers should work to achieve because it makes your freelance career so much easier and more enjoyable. Um, basically, you know, I always focused on trying to find steady, high paying clients. And there's no guarantee when you are reaching out to clients that they're going to be steady clients or high paying clients. But I kind of went with the odds. So generally bigger companies are going to need freelancers more often and also be able to pay us what we're worth. Really interesting. That's a good segue into our next question, which is really about the idea of building predictability and stability into your into your independent career. Um, what are some things that you've learned work for you in terms of eliminating some of that uncertainty around who your next client is going to be, how much you might be earning next month or the month after? I'm probably very unusual compared to most other freelancers, but I have, I've been freelancing for 23 years full time and I have never experienced famine in the feast and famine cycle. That's so common. I'm always busy. Sometimes I'm crazy busy. Sometimes I'm steady busy, nice busy, but I'm always busy. And I think what I really attribute that to is in the beginning of my business, I did a heck of a lot of marketing and I worked really, really hard. And then when I started getting these steady high paying clients, I always did really good work for them. So they would want to give me more work and refer me to other folks. And I built a very strong network, which is also key. And I consider that part of marketing. Yeah. And that, that also relates to the next question, which is about how you you know, what you've learned works best for you about pr how to promote your services to potential clients. I think since you do have so much experience, it might be worth talking a little bit about your earlier days um, when you maybe you didn't have such a big network, you didn't have so many past clients who might come back to you and hire you again. Maybe we can split this into two parts and say, you know, back in the earlier days, um, what worked well for you to promote your services to potential clients? And now that, you know, you are where you are in your freelance career, what works for you nowadays? Well, when I started out, LinkedIn didn't exist and the web was just starting out. So businesses didn't even have websites yet. Freelancers certainly didn't. Um, I actually did a lot of direct mail. So I developed three, a series of three flyers and I sent them to my prospects over about a year or so. And to develop my prospect list, again, now freelancers can go to the web and do all the research they want to. I actually had to go to the libraries. I had to look at directories of association, business directories, and I also used professional association directories to build my mailing list. And the direct mail was very, very effective. I got about three or four really good clients from that. And also networking. Um, I did not have a big network when I was starting out, but I knew that it was very important. So I joined the main professional association for medical writers, the American Medical Writers Association. And I started volunteering right, right away. And people started sending me referrals without me even asking for them or mentioning that I was looking for work. 
That's very cool. It's amazing how things have have changed and progressed uh, on the technology side. But I imagine that that last tactic that you mentioned is still really valid, you know, finding networks, finding groups, uh, volunteering, getting involved. Absolutely. Networking is is so, so important. And, you know, I know a lot of freelancers are shy and they don't like to do it, but it's such an important part of your business, both in terms of getting clients and then also in terms of networking with other freelancers to get advice on how to run your business and to get support when you're having problems, you know, what do you do? Um, and people to, who understand what you do, who can celebrate your successes with you. I love that so much. I'm curious, um, you know, clearly there's LinkedIn. We've talked about finding kind of a niche specific uh, industry group, uh, whether it's medical writing or, or, or something else. Um, what other what other resources, what other tactics have you taken toward toward that goal of of building your network? Well, professional associations are, are the number one way that freelancers should be networking. They're incredibly valuable. You can meet other freelancers who are doing what you do or what you want to do. You can learn about opportunities and the type of freelance work you want to do. And you can meet some clients also through professional associations. LinkedIn is becoming more and more important. A lot of clients are looking for freelancers there now. So having a strong network helps you rank higher in search results. Plus you can build some relationships with folks and get referrals there. Um, I guess the other idea would be to look for groups that are for freelancers. Like there's one called Freelance Success. And I believe that's for freelance writers. And it's, it's an online community. They have an active discussion group and some other features. And there are probably more things, you know, like that out there. And with our current uh, virtual only environment, um, I think there's gonna be more opportunities for folks to network virtually. Even when we get back to normal or new normal, I think there's gonna be more virtual networking for all of us. Yeah, I'm gonna, that I, I'm gonna skip a, around to a different question because it sure. relates to what we're talking about, but we w we'll get back in order soon. So, um, we talked about professional associations, talked about LinkedIn. I want to talk briefly about what you think freelancers actually need to have and need to do in order to be successful. Um, it can be a little bit overwhelming to think about everything you should do to be a freelancer, especially if you're just starting out. But even so for some more experienced freelancers, you know, building your own website, being active on social media, you know, launching an email newsletter, a blog, professional associations, the list goes on. So I'm curious, you know, since you have so much experience, what are, what are the things that you think actually matter in terms of building a career, getting clients, being successful um, that, that actually matter the most, I, I guess, is the question. It's incredibly overwhelming to get started as a freelancer. And even if you've been freelancing for a while, it's hard to figure out which things work best. So building your business can still be overwhelming. Um, I think every freelancer today absolutely positively needs a client-focused LinkedIn profile. And by client-focused, I mean that your profile should focus on the needs of your client, the clients you work with or want to work with, and how you can meet those needs and use the keywords that they will use when they are searching for a freelancer like you. 
You also need to be somewhat active on LinkedIn because that will also help you rank higher in search results. You need a website. I think that maybe a year or two into your business, you can get away without having one. But after that, clients expect that. Everybody has websites. They expect to be able to check you out and they want to see that your LinkedIn profile and your website are very professional. You need a really strong network. I, I know I kind of beat this point to death, but it's, it's just incredibly important and it's so much easier to build your business through networking and getting referrals than it is to, I'm sorry, I thought I turned my email off. <laughs> That's okay. No worries. Uh, I turned it off now. Than it is to have to try to find clients in other ways. Um, now, what I've, what I've done, it, it's a lot of work, what I'm about to talk about right now, but it's very, very effective. Over the years, as technology changed, I switched from direct mail to direct email. And that is not these mass mailings that we all get that are very annoying, that often bear no relation to what we do or who we are. That is, you still develop a prospect list just like I did. And then you do a little bit of research on each client. You don't need to do much. You just go on their website, pick up some of their values, the terms that they use. You also have to understand the industry. So you understand what clients in that industry need and would be looking for. And then you write a very brief, targeted email, again, focused on their needs and how you meet their needs with a link to your website, if you have one, if not, your LinkedIn profile. And it's very, very effective. Very cool. Yeah, I appreciate that very specific kind of tactical recommendation. Um, I want to stay in that in that <laughs> zone, but refocus a little bit on nurture on retaining clients and nurturing past clients. Um, so, how do you approach your actual work with a client to maximize the chance that it's not going to just be a a one-off project that it, that it's going to be you know that you're going to be able to continue to work with them for a longer period of time. This part is actually very very easy. I always do more than expected. And I make myself easy to work with. And that's one of the key things that freelancers need to do. They want to work with with excuse me that yes, um clients want to work with freelancers who can help them meet their needs and do it professionally, do it on time, do it on budget, and aren't constantly coming back to them with a bunch of questions every day on the project. Got it. And so, that's, oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's really basically it. Yeah, I, I love the notion of being easy to work with. Um, you mentioned you know, not going back to the client often over and over with lots of questions or something. What are some other you know, tactics that freelancers can put in their arsenal to to quote unquote, be easy to work with? Well, it's always good to give clients suggestions about projects, either how to do something a little bit better that they're do that you're doing for them, or sometimes they just need guidance in how to do the project. And they may not like actually ask you for that, but when you talk to them, it's kind of clear that they kind of know what they need, but they don't really know how to do it. 
and they like to have freelancers who can help them figure this stuff out and tell them how to do it. Um, one of the one of the really key things is to always be responsive. Now, I don't mean being available twenty four seven. I think that freelancers need to set strict business hours, and within those hours, respond to emails, respond to phone calls. If something is going on with the project, let the client know. Don't wait until the deadline to tell the client, oh, by the way, I couldn't interview Mr. Jones, so now I can't deliver this to you. Always let them know what's going on with the project. If it's a long-term project, give them updates. Don't make them come to you and say, hey, how are things going? I also, for some of my clients, where if I'm working, for example, on a newsletter that has eight articles and I'm going to work on this project for a month, then every week I will send my client an update with which articles I've completed, which interviews I have scheduled, so the client knows what's going on. And that's not actually any extra work for me because I do that anyway, so I can track my work on the project. That's awesome. And I know, you know, nurturing past clients, uh, which is what the topic of my next question begins with doing great work, you know, having been easy to work with. Um, so let's assume that you've done great work, that you did it in a way that the client found to be easy. You've got a few past clients or, or maybe more than a few. What do you do? What have you found to be successful in terms of, you know, staying on their radar and ultimately bringing past clients back to you to rehire you again? Well, I have an e-newsletter and I send that to all of my past clients, current clients, freelance colleagues, and a few other close colleagues. And it is a non-promotional e-newsletter. It always has a feature story of relevance to my clients and then a few other shorter stories. And then at the very bottom is just a couple of paragraphs about my freelance business with a link to my website. Um, I try to stay in touch with folks. I try to look for things that I can send them, an article, a podcast, an industry report, something that would be of interest to them. And just a simple email. Hi, Rick. I saw this report on health technology assessments. I thought you'd like to see it. And that's a very nice low key way of staying in your clients and past clients' mind without even mentioning your freelance services. I also send holiday cards. Like in the mail holiday cards. In the mail holiday cards. Um, I, I'm a very big fan of sending mailed cards. I think they make a much bigger impression than an e-card and we're all inundated with email. So getting an e-card doesn't make much of an impression, but we don't get much mail anymore. And that does make an impression. I love it. Are you a thank you note person? Do you ever send like written thank you I, notes? I, I, yes, I do that too. I actually had some um, thank you notes uh, printed up with my uh, business name on them. And then I have little... Um, cards if i just want to send a card to somebody that's not necessarily a thank you yeah all these things people are super super impressed by this kind of stuff because no one's doing it anymore right right yeah i love that i mean we've covered a ton of ground here i want to 
maybe zoom out a little bit um, and just, you know, two questions about advice that you would give. First, you know, so, some of the folks who read our blog or listen are new to the freelancing game. Um, they've either just started or they're thinking about starting. Um, what advice would you give someone in that position about giving started when you don't already have a big, you know, have a base of past clients? First, if you're willing to work hard, you can do it. I know a lot of new, new folks who are starting out and everybody feels a lack of confidence and they see the other successful freelancers and they think, you know, that, well, maybe they have something I don't. It's not true. We all start at the same place. And if you're willing to work hard, you can do it too. I think that you need to choose a specialty that's in demand. And that means a specialty where there are lots of opportunities for freelancers like you, whatever type of work that you do, and also professional associations so you can build your network easily, meet clients, meet other freelancers. And, oh, go ahead. Were you going to say one more thing there? I Yeah, I strongly recommend lots of marketing the first two years. What you do in the beginning is super, super important. It's a, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to tell you that it's not. But the harder you work in the beginning, the easier it's going to be for the rest of your freelance career because you're building your foundation. I love that. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off again. So you're marketing uh, client-focused LinkedIn profile and website and lots and lots of networking. Um, probably one of the biggest takeaways that I want new and aspiring freelancers to get from this, never, ever, ever use freelance job sites like Upwork or Freelancer.com. People use these things because they don't know how to market their businesses. But they pay very, very poorly. There's lots of competition for every job. And if you get work, you have to give them a cut of it. So it's much, much better to just learn how to market your business and put in the work in the beginning to build your business. Amen. I'll second that. I'll third that too. Um, same question, uh, but for folks who are maybe a little bit more experienced, um, you know, have, have done some work for clients for a while, maybe they're, they're in that year, two year range, something like that. They're looking to... Uh, you know, t take their career to the next level. So either get more clients, um, just kind of looking for a way to expand and grow their independent career. Any advice for folks in that position? Well, when, when you reach about two years, you should be in a position then to step back and think strategically about your business and where you are and where you want to go. And then start to make adjustments and to start going after the type of work and the type of clients that you most want to work with. In the beginning, you're not going to get Mayo Clinic and Apple. But once you've got some experience, you'll be able to move on to bigger, better clients. That's awesome. And then a few kind of fun questions to end. Um, since we're still in the advice in the advice category here, let's think back to the beginning of your freelance career. What advice would you give yourself at that early moment of starting out? Well, the the advice that I would give myself um, 
there's a couple of things. One is to really understand the type of clients that you want to work with and are qualified to work with. When I started out, I did not know much about medical writing other than the type of work that I had been naturally getting. And my direct mail campaigns, I was actually marketing to a lot of people who would never ever hire me because there are two types of medical writers, the marketing folks like me, and then the more scientific and clinical medical writers. And some of the folks I was marketing to only hired the more scientific and clinical medical writers. But I didn't know that in the beginning because I didn't know the market well enough. Because I did a lot of marketing, I still built a six-figure freelance business in 18 months. But I would say try to learn as much as you can about your target markets before you do your marketing. And it's much easier today because you can do all of that on the web. The other mistakes that I made were really related to the business side of marketing. I didn't know, I mean, I didn't even know that I needed to have a separate business and personal bank account when I started out, which is really bad. And I was using Excel for my accounting instead of accounting software. And these are things that I, I learned through my professional associations. These days, you can actually just go on the web and search for, you know, how to run a freelance business and find most of that kind of information. But again, your network of freelancers can fill in the details and tell you what accounting program they liked and, and lots of other practical things to help you so you don't have to figure this all out on your own. Awesome. Um, at Jolly, we have a core belief that true freedom, that real freedom means creating your own rules. I'm curious, you know, what when you think about the idea of freedom as a freelancer, as an independent worker, you know, what does it mean to you? Freedom means being able to fire bad clients and choose to not accept work with clients that isn't right for a variety of reasons. And, you know, people, people, I think a lot of people think that freelancers sit around in their bunny slippers and work a few hours a day and make a lot of money. And that's not realistic, but we do have more control over our schedules and when we work, keeping in mind that you always need to meet the client deadlines and there are certain things that you may need to be somewhere at a certain time, such as client meetings. In my work, I do a lot of interviews, so I need to do them when the folks I'm interviewing are available. But outside of those kind of things, if you want to work at three o'clock in the morning, you can work at three o'clock in the morning. If you don't want to start till 10, you can start at 10. So you do have a lot more control over your life. Awesome. Before we break, is there anything, anyone, any resource, any site, really anything that you want to plug here to uh, the readers and listeners? I have a website called The Mighty Marketer, and I have a blog there, and it's all focused on marketing for freelancers. There's lots of great free content, and it's only focused on freelancers. Ed Gandia runs a website called High Income Business Freelancing, and 
he's mainly focused on writers and even though he says it's business a lot of his content really is applicable to most types of freelancers and freelancing and he has also has a podcast and he has articles on there and that stuff again is all free um if you're a freelance writer carol tice make a living writing has a huge blog with a ton of content so those are the resources that i would recommend okay great and tell us again the url of your blog TheMightyMarketer.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Freeality. We hope this content helps you launch and build your own independent career. If you're a successful freelancer or if you know someone who is and is willing to share candid thoughts on what it's like to be a freelancer and how to build a successful independent career, please get in touch with us about being a guest on the show. Just shoot us an email at contact at jollyhq.com. Until next time, I'm Shelby Stevens. And remember, true freedom means creating your own rules.